Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, y'all. We have a different episode of Name Three Songs for you guys this week because I got COVID and Jenna also got sick and we didn't want to put out an episode that wasn't up to par for all of y'all. So instead of rushing and giving you guys an episode while we're both sick and not at our best headspaces, we thought it would be best to give you guys one of our music meltdown episodes from Patreon. This was our February 2022 Patreon episode where we discussed the Oedipus complex and how that affects uh, misogyny and feminism and how we all view and digest media. If you didn't know, over at patreon.com slash name three songs, every month we have an episode come out called a music meltdown where we talk about something in pop culture or music pop culture or just feminist theory or things like that that we're interested in that might not really work as a normal episode of Name Three Songs. These are episodes that we put a lot of research into and a lot of thought into, but they're just about different things than a normal episode of Name Three Songs would entail. So this episode really follows one specific article that we found while doing our episode research for our episode that focused on the difference between fangirls and fanboys and how the media and the world perceive them, which was guested by Lucy Ford. We thought this would be a really interesting episode to share with all of y'all. So this is why we're putting it up on the main feed. So that way you don't have a Sunday where you're missing an episode, but also you don't have to deal with very sick sounding Jenna and myself trying to make sense while we both had major brain fog. So if you enjoy this episode, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash name three songs to get more episodes like it, as well as our mini-sodes, which are episodes that we put out when crazy things happen in pop culture news that Jenna and I want to react to, as well as getting access to our Discord. And we do have three incredible new members to our Patreon community that I just want to give a quick shout out to. So Rosemary, Sarah, and Sasha, thanks for joining us over at Patreon. We are so thankful to have you as part of our community, and we can't wait to get to know you more. So with all that being said, we do hope you enjoy this special look into what our Music Meltdown episodes are like. And don't worry, your regularly scheduled Name Three Songs programming will be back with our next episode. Enjoy! Hi, friends. Welcome hello, to your <laughs> welcome to your very belated February music meltdown. We do apologize. No, I do apologize. I was in Argentina for a week, so that kind of messed up the recording schedule. But we are here, and we are excited yeah. to talk about this business today because we have some absolute business to talk about. So in doing research for our fanboys episode with Lucy earlier in February... I went a bit overboard with the research because I just felt like there were so many roads we could go down with it just because, you know, misogyny. (laughs) And by saying that, I did find this super interesting article on GQ written in 2018 by George Chesterton called Men Hating Women, A Look into the Psychology of Misogyny. And it really fucked me up. (laughs) 
<laughs> like really, really fucked me up to the point where when Jenna was reading it, she was like, this could be a whole episode in and of itself, which is yeah. essentially what we are giving you guys today because, I mean, I personally at least haven't stopped thinking about it since I read this because it just kind of, like the fact that men have the audacity to truly blame everything on women, including the fact that they hate women, is abhorrent and like the guy who wrote this isn't doing that he's kind of like explaining that this is what's happening but it is just so stupid that this has just been going on forever that like men want to possess women so much and the fact that like men can't possess their moms is like the root of all evil which is like a trope that exists in like film and tv and books and like all these things That, like, I never, ever really focused on because it's, like, kind of icky to focus on. But now that we do a podcast about essentially misogyny, (laughs) it's it's hard to not realize that everything always comes back to the fact that men are really mad that they can't fuck their moms. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Yeah. And we pulled this article for the fan episode with Lucy, but we also touched on the Oedipus complex in... The last episode, which was about the virgin whore complex. And so we started talking about a little bit on the fan episode, a little bit on the virgin whore complex episode. But this article truly has so much in it that I was like, we have to do something with just this. Otherwise, it's just a whole rabbit hole. We're going to stay in there for way too long. And it's all worth discussing. So we're excited to be able to discuss this with you guys and have a little bit looser structure with this and just see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, because obviously this is something that we are bringing to you guys as a nice little gift because it's something that obviously ties back to the themes of our podcast, ties back to music, ties back to like all pop culture. But the discussion today doesn't really have so much to do with music and is more so, again, one of our primer episodes. But it it was way too complicated for us to fully tie this specific article and the Oedipus complex to the world of music for us to give this to everyone else. So now we get to have this fun little gift and talk about this ridiculous article, which I hope, even though we're going to be reading from it verbatim quite a lot, I hope you guys go read afterwards because it is a good read. So, Sarah, would you like to kick us off? The thing about this article that really, really sucks you in... is that he starts this article with this quote from his wife that says, all men hate women, which I feel like it probably gives most men the same gut reaction as women saying, I hate all men gives most men, which is the gut reaction of, what are you talking about? Not me. Never me. But (laughs) unfortunately, no matter how much you think it is not you, there's always a little bit of it where it is you at some point, no matter where your standing is on the gender spectrum or the LGBTQ spectrum, whatever it is. Like if you were a man, it's kind of ingrained in your brain, unfortunately, for some reason, masculinity. But the main kicker of this intro to this article goes, the idea that masculinity is now toxic suggests we've only just noticed. For millennia, rigidity and repetition has been ingrained into male and female identities. 
But behind these social structures may be something more primal. An unholy stew of psychology and the culture that springs from it has made men what they are. Toxic masculinity is a tautology. And basically what George is saying in using the term tautology is that toxic masculinity is a phrase or expression in which the same thing is said twice, but in different words, meaning that toxic and masculine are the exact same word, which... yep. Snaps, snaps to George. I love that for him. I love that for us because I do think that, especially now, I feel like we're seeing some men really try and distance themselves from the idea of masculinity because they have learned that toxic does equal masculinity, which is upsetting, but a factual statement, if I do say so myself. (laughs) This is the kicker. This is the kicker of the whole piece. You're like, all right, I got to keep reading because I need to know what happens next. (laughs) and getting into it he goes on to write in july the misogyny hate crime evaluation report which is a project of two nottingham universities with the cooperation of the police recommended that incidents of misogyny be recorded as hate crimes under the law and as importantly in the public awareness. After two years of research, it found out that over half of the women who contributed had experienced threatening behavior, almost half had been groped, a quarter had been followed home, and a quarter had been sexually harassed. And I'm honestly surprised that the stats aren't higher, which Sarah, you mentioned this earlier on another podcast of like Boris Johnson said that they couldn't And maybe it was based on this report that they couldn't count misogyny as hate crimes, otherwise they wouldn't be able to function. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. that that right there says it all, folks. Oh, my God. This just made me think, though. The other day, I went down to London, and there was a tube strike, so I had to walk everywhere. And I was listening to music, and I was, like, stopped at a crosswalk or whatever, and a man stopped next to me, like you're supposed to do, but he was, like, a little closer than I think he meant to be, and I got so startled. I like I clearly was like afraid for my life in that like two seconds that he apologized like seven times. He was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, thanks for apologizing. Sorry, I literally jumped out of my skin. <laughs> I mean, rightful reaction. And also, I'm glad he actually apologized. Because oh also it like didn't help. It was raining. So like my hood was up. So I only didn't really have peripheral yeah. vision and yeah. his hood was up, which also like freaked me out more because I'm like a hooded figure is so close to my body. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like haven't been out in downtown. I haven't been like out at night in so long. And also I live in the suburbs right now. So like I don't usually think about like creepy men not to say that there aren't creepy men in the suburbs, but I'm not walking places. So I'm not being followed because I just like go to my car. Yeah. But when we were in Argentina, like everyone, well, I mean, obviously it's like a very walkable city, but like there's a lot of nightlife. So we were out really late at night and it never felt unsafe. But yeah. there was always that like if we heard someone like footsteps behind us, we were like always like turning around to see who it was because it was like it, it is like alarming. And there was this one time there was a girl walking behind us in like heels and it was really loud. And we we're like, what the fuck? And like somebody approaching us were like, oh oh it's a girl okay we're okay we're okay <laughs> but it's that thing if it's like if it was a dude we wouldn't freak the fuck out like it's so true yeah. even if i haven't been out in like years thanks to the pandemic it's still like that innate fear well that was my thing well i was like i haven't walked alone at night with headphones in in like two years and it was just like such an out-of-body experience because normally i would be startled but like i genuinely jumped like <laughs> so freaked out and so it's just it's just so crazy 
these things of just being that genuinely afraid of a man that you don't know and what power he thinks he might have over you and how that ties back into men wanting to control women because that's the other thing and I know I've talked about this a decent amount in these episodes my infatuation with true crime and cults and all that fun stuff but I mean most of the time when they do catch these serial killers or serial rapists or whatever and they agree to talk a lot of it is the fact that they had a shitty relationship with their mother could not murder their mother in some cases they did murder their mother and then they go on to just kill and control and rape women who looked like their mom in order to have some control over an overbearing mother figure that they saw her as that they you know couldn't what's crazy control is i feel like it's so easy to you know like the the starting line of this of like all men hate women all men are trash like i hate men like yeah. it, it's so easy to like say these really blanket superficial statements essentially mm-hmm But then you look at stuff like that of serial killers and the percentage of serial killers who are men and the percentage of serial killers who are men who kill women specifically, and it's not fucking funny anymore. It's proven that I think it's like more than 85% of serial killers are men. I don't know if you know this stat, but... I don't remember the stat. I just remember that a lot of serial killers are Virgos and Geminis. And there's like one other. I'm a Virgo. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not a man. You're pretty organized. So, I mean, you could probably do it. (laughs) That is scary. But um, (laughs) the point being of when it comes down to like serious gendered crimes, the statistics are there to prove it. Like we're not making it up. Like that's how fucked up it is. And so going back to this article... They talked to a writer and a therapist of more than 40 years who specialized in treating men who abused women. And they shared that there's a common belief that it's the trauma of childhood and most crucially, the relationship between a boy and his mother figure that steers the course of male psychology, as Sarah just mentioned. And then the writer slash therapist, Adam Jukes, goes on to say, for the vast majority of people all over the world, the mother is a primary carer. There's an asymmetry in the development of boys and girls. Infant boys have to learn how to be masculine girls don't masculinity is not in a state of crisis it is a state of crisis i don't believe misogyny is innate but i believe it's inescapable because of the development of masculinity and from there the journalist george chesterton goes on to say in its basic form the theory is that as boys individuate and develop a sense of self they have to separate from their mothers when they realize that they are not like them and they cannot in freudian terms possess them this representation marks the end of the oedipus complex and in their anxiety the boys then identify with the father and it's here that they learn about what it means to be masculine the cliches of masculinity being strong fearless and competitive, and above all, not being like the mother. This ideas permeate the boys' lives. And at this point, quote, a part of the male ego is identified with the penis, and the whole body can be identified with the penis, and that's when you get masculinity, according to this therapist, Dr. Jukes. Yeah, so there it is, folks. There we have it. It just honestly blows my mind and leaves me kind of speechless to the fact of like, oh, boys have to learn how to be masculine. And it's like... My sister, who's a business coach, talks a lot about leaning into the feminine and leaning into the masculine and how it doesn't matter what gender you are, you can lean into one or the other of like how you see fit. And I'm like, okay, that's like a great idea 
in the grand scheme of things, but that still is a very gendered idea of like masculine and feminine. Like why can't everything just be a human trait? It's really confusing. And this is a thing where it's like, I don't even know how to respond to it because it's this weird thing where not all men are like super masculine. A lot of men have more quote unquote feminine ideologies or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. Like this is what's so confusing to me is it's like, what if the father can't come around and teach masculinity. Like, what does this even mean in that, like, oh, once they realize that they can't possess their mom, then everything starts crumbling around them and they have to, like, lean into these masculine things. It's like, I don't know, it feels very archaic in a lot of ways. And it feels very based. And, like, the fact that this article was written in, like, 2018 and these people that he was talking to, it was 2018. Like, these thoughts and feelings feel very, like, grease lightning to me. It feels very, like, 50s, 60s ideas of, like, how separate men and women have to be. Girls wear skirts, boys wear jeans. That sort of idea. Whereas now I feel like there's a lot more in between. There's a lot more gray areas in how men and women act and how they can access their emotions. And it just really depends on how quote unquote old school your parents were raised and how they're raising you. Because obviously you still come across terrible, terrible men. I mean, right now, even on TikTok, there is a man podcast going viral by two dudes who don't look like the stereotypical dude who would be saying things like girls don't have hobbies and that men have it so much harder because they have to fight against gravity. I thought this was satire. I'll send you it. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I truly thought it was a satire podcast. It was not a satire podcast. It blew my mind. But this is the thing is it's like now, nowadays really toxic masculinity can live in the most unexpected bodies which is something that really blows my mind because you'll see a dude and be like oh this dude dresses like harry styles this dude isn't gonna be a problem and then he's actually a bigger problem than the dude who's like looks like a meathead yeah well (laughs) i think that's why over the summer especially i I feel like everyone was talking about gatekeeping nail polish Mm. because it's like we talked about this in our episode when we talked about like gender fluidity and and Mm -hmm. how men have always been wearing more feminine clothes and music history and whatnot but it's like there are certain ways of presenting that the lgbt community created and created as a signal of who they are and like as a safe space that now are becoming popularized in other communities that aren't part of the lgbtq community and so then they're being kind of appropriated by Like for what you said, hyper-masculine men who have toxic ideologies who visually appear like a safe space but actually aren't. And that's why it's really scary. Yeah, yeah. But I also think... I also think going back to what you said about this sounding very archaic, and it does, I think it's only been within the last like three years and I think largely due to the pandemic and largely due to so many people being on TikTok but I I remember this conversation definitely was happening pre-pandemic of like gender fluidity and like non-gender conforming and like non-binary and like starting to open up the conversation about dressing masculine or feminine or whatever I feel like that conversation is still so new that it's really only like Gen Z who are like growing up with this and for the most part our societal structures are very misogynistic and patriarchal to the point that like even if most of gen z is doing better like there's still so much in place that's 
not great that yeah. there's like a lot of change to go. Yeah, I think the thing that just like throws me off a bit is this whole thing of like the mother and like separating from the mother yeah. and like not being able to possess her and like having to learn masculinity from your father and your father teaching you masculinity and all this sort of stuff because I mean like mama's boys have existed forever and not in like the way of like oh I want to fuck my mom but like oh and like my mom's my best friend whatever but also I mean there is a lot of issues with emotional incest between like moms and sons that sons don't realize is happening until they're way older and realizing like oh my mom doesn't want me to date legitimately because then I will not be emotionally available for her anymore so there's like a lot of weirdness I think in like the mother-son dichotomy of it all which either can lead to like very toxic masculinity because the mom is like oh my place is the mom his dad's place is the dad or the mom's like oh can't let my son be a misogynist let me attach myself to him forever and then they have like a super unhealthy relationship one way or the other yeah like it's there's <laughs> just like there's so many there's so many levels to it and it is quite interesting because Also in this article, George speaks to celebrated author and psychoanalyst Susie Orbach. The internalization of misogyny is not restricted to boys. It comes out of being raised by mothers. Because the mother is the person we are most dependent on, the rage and fear at being cut off from her or the terror of mother's disapproval leads us to repress it. Girls grow up to be moms, so they internalize misogyny. But boys don't grow up to be moms, so they feel thwarted and their power comes from feeling they can thwart back. For a boy, it's so confusing. And again, I just feel like these are a bunch of old people saying a bunch of weird shit. (laughs) Like, not to judge or whatever, but it's just like... I feel like it's so easy to blame this on moms when I don't think it really has... I mean, obviously, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not studying this. I'm just reading personally and have my own opinions, you know? But it just feels so weird to put all the blame on, like, having to separate from your mom, having to be dependent on her, being raised to be a mom, like, not being raised to be a mom. Like, what is... How does this make sense? We literally started this... You literally started this episode by saying, blaming everything on women, and then the psychology is blaming everything on women? Bro, when does the cycle end? What if we had some quotes on here about how men are absent fathers and aren't fatherly and aren't warm enough to their children? And so then this cycle continues to happen. Maybe yeah, we need because, some of that. Like, because that's, because the fl- that's the flip side, right? It's like yeah. the mothers are being too motherly. It's like, well, maybe the fathers are not there enough. Like maybe the fathers should step in and do some more. And because obviously there are cases of moms being like, oh, you can't cry. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. That's not what boys do. You know, like obviously there's going to be women who are raised to believe that. But there's also women who aren't and teach their sons to be emotionally available. But also sometimes dads can be hard asses or not around or whatever the case may be, like Jenna said. And it's just like, it's so weird because you know how there's also that thing of people being like, oh, like you always wind up like dating your dad or whatever, because like, that's what you're taught. But like that, I guess like this is a thing. And like, I don't know if this is just like, I got good parents or what the deal is, but I'm like, my parents are so like, (laughs) are so opposite of like the gender, like expectations or whatever. And like, so just like supportive and like normal 
as parents go that I'm just like, how can any of this be real? I'm like, I don't I don't understand because I feel like they both fit both the roles in like every way possible. Like they both Mm. bring in like different sides of different things and everything. And like, obviously, I'm aware because, you know, serial killers and their moms. But like, I don't know. It's just so crazy to me to think that. Like psychologists are blaming misogyny on boys' attachments to their mothers and how, like, they need to detach from their mothers. And then that makes misogyny because boys are taught to no longer be attached to their moms. Like, am I getting this right? (laughs) Is that what we're reading? (laughs) But I think, but I mean, like, there, I don't know, without knowing actually anything about psychology of motherhood, I mean, if you think about it, like, a lot of times, new parents, like, the dads aren't as, like, into the parenting because they've never had to, like, there's a more, like, innate, like, human nature something to, like, being a mother of, like, you carried this child in your womb for, like, nine months and you're, like, physically, like, close with it, whereas dads are, like, here's this thing that like poops and throws up and like cries all the time. I'm, I'm supposed to love it. Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand. Like, d- like new fathers have a harder time, yeah. like becoming attached to their children. And I think there's just like a physiological thing about it. Yeah. I saw, I saw this other weird TikTok the other day. Cause my TikTok keeps trying to suppress news for me. So I keep winding up on like mom TikTok, but I saw this like stitch of this, like a, pregnant woman in her like pregnancy chamber (laughs) in her hospital room in her hospital room like preparing to have a baby and she has like this video of the father of the baby like trying to figure out how he's going to sleep through the night while she's having contractions and the caption of the video is like he doesn't know i'm leaving him after this and this other woman stitched the video and was like After I was in labor for 60 hours, my now ex-husband, after I was, like, given the baby, was like, hey, I'm really tired. Um, Can you get up so I can take a nap? And she was like, so, well, no, I just had a baby. And she was like, and he pitched a fit. So I uh, got up and sat in the wheelchair and he slept. And that's why he's my ex-husband. And I was just like, this wow. is this is the thing that boggles my mind is it's like when men are like, I want a baby. I want us to be a family. I want to have a baby. And they're like expecting you to like carry a, be- carry a fetus and then a baby for nine months, go through childbirth, like go through having to like continue to give your body to this child for however long this like baby needs that and like they're just gonna be like oh i need i need naps and i'm also like not gonna take care of the baby that much y'all procreation isn't it <laughs> it's not it <laughs> stop procreating <laughs> it sounds bad it sounds like a bad time guys i don't want to be part of it So also in this GQ article, the author goes on to say the male child feels that to be dependent on a woman is dangerous and this makes him feel vulnerable, which leads to fear, which leads to sadism. That anxiety is repressed and then it is expressed via the unconscious 
which we, you know, know as misogyny. How lovely is that? So basically, this is saying that depending on a woman is vulnerable, vulnerability is dangerous, feelings are dangerous, and this is how we have toxic masculinity, guys. (laughs) It's so fucked up. It's It's literally, it's literally like, this is literally saying the basis of our nature is that to ever rely on a woman is dangerous. That's literally what this is telling us. I hate it here. I hate I hate it here so much. And this is the thing that's so crazy is it's like I feel like sometimes you can see it and people talk about in relationships when guys start to push girls away. And it's like because they have like this emotional closeness that they haven't allowed themselves to have since they were like probably 10 years old. And they're like, why am I feeling things? Why do I want to open up to her? Why do I want to do this? And it's literally just like misogyny coming out in full force being like, no women are allowed to be close to you. You cannot have this. You cannot depend on women. How dare you? How dare you re- respect a woman? How how fucking dare you? Like, that's what like misogyny is like the demon on your shoulder that's whispering in your ear being like, women don't deserve your respect or kindness women are objects that we put our dick into and that's all they're good for you know what's crazy considering how many like considering what you're saying right now you would Mm -hmm. think that more men would just want to be with other men because i actually (laughs) respect them but that doesn't work that way either (laughs) um oh my god but i was watching this spanish language netflix drama because i was trying to like i was trying to practice my spanish Mm. listening and i ended up watching this like kind of horrendous teenage love story in which this boy was it was kind of like it was a boy next door thing like they could see in each other's windows Yeah, yeah and the girl the girl was like obsessed with him and he like hacked her computer and so he knew that she was obsessed with him because she would like save photos of him. She was basically like writing fanfic about him, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But he would like treat her like shit and pretend like he didn't care about her, but he was still like giving her attention and then be like, no, I don't care about you. And like literally was treating her like absolute fucking trash garbage. And she kept like coming around and kept going back and kept going back to him. I was like, girl, I was like, don't do it. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, don't fucking do it. And anyways, in the end, he like came around and he like fell in love with her and like all this great stuff. And like he admitted that he was like acting the whole time and that he really actually liked her too. But I was just like, the amount I talk about misogyny, I feel like there's so much stuff like watching TV shows that I was just like, I like I won't be able to like unsee it. You know what I mean? Like now that we know what we know, it's like so much easier to see it in like plain sight and be like, what the fuck? Like this is fucked up. Whereas other people are just like may may not even like recognize it as that. You know what is interesting though, after like that I was just thinking about after I made that point of like the devil on your shoulder being misogyny. Yeah. Like, most of the men that I know that I'm friends with that are, like, in happy, successful relationships or are married are, like, way, way less masculine than, like, the men that I know that are in problematic (laughs) relationships or just, like, having relationship issues. And I think that that's quite interesting in a lot of ways because I feel like misogyny gets in the way of like men allowing themselves to have like love and affection and like emotional closeness and kind of like how we talked about in the virgin horror episode of like this like complex need for men to control women and like feeling 
like they can't both desire you and respect you at the same time Mm -hmm. and so i feel like the the like the more emotionally aware men are and like the less they are stuck in that like masculine mindset like the the like less they let misogyny rule their minds and the more likely they are to like have successful relationships with women it is true like i mean like incels for example like the very extreme very hyper masculine very hating women absolutely no relationships zero relationships you know that's like the stereotype of the incel so i mean like you're not wrong yeah but i mean there's also like the chads of it all too who aren't incels but have the same mindset of it where like they respect women just as little but they're all about getting that ass, you know? And so it just is interesting because you also sometimes have these middle ground dudes who think that they're really woke with the times, but because of some upbringing issues or what have you, like there's still that misogyny within them where they have a really hard time respecting women that they desire or like being okay with the fact that they like desire the woman that they respect and i just feel like like that idea is really gonna fuck me up for like a really long time of like after we discussed it because i mean it was something i was aware of and like conversations i've had before of like that whole thing of like men feeling disgusted with themselves after they fuck someone they love but (laughs) like like that's always been so weird to me but just I don't know. It's just it's just so interesting in everything that we've researched for uh, the whole time we've been making this podcast, and just like the ideas of the different ways misogyny can come to light within song lyrics or just the way people dress and act and all these sorts of things, like the the different the different disguises misogyny likes to put on. You know, it's so crazy that psychologists all have it stemming back to this weird thing of, like, having to, like, emotionally disconnect from your mom. <laughs> like, because men aren't allowed to be emotionally available. Yeah, I literally don't know what else to say because I feel like you just put it so well. <laughs> I I just, like, I just, the the scary thing is, like, thinking about dating men. Like, <laughs> how, 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 how are you ever going to find someone who meets the criteria of not being a misogynist? I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. Oh, my God. Well, that's the I thing. I don't know. Like, like they have so I... much work to do. <laughs> like, whenever... dating a man is literally, like, I'm okay with the fact that I'm going to have to deal with misogyny my whole life. But, I mean, that's every day anyways, anywhere. But, like. Being in a relationship, a woman being in a relationship with a man is literally like, all right, I guess I'm doing homework for the rest of my life. Yeah, but I mean, even there's so many women who have internalized misogyny and it's something that we talked about having to unlearn. And I mean, there aren't like some women aren't even willing to admit that that's something that they live with. And I feel like that's that that's a thing. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. That like. I don't know. It's just like if you don't think about it, you're not like, oh, yeah, it's misogyny. And it's like literally any 
any jealousy towards other women, any issues you have with another woman is literally just internalized misogyny. Like you truly, unless a woman has like truly like stolen your apartment, like shit on your front's porch, like you have like women have no absolutely no reason to hate another woman other than being brainwashed by the patriarchy and having internalized misogyny. Like I can't think of any other re- like because all the tropes and TV and all that stuff like Again, it's that thing of just like, oh, like seeing another girl hanging out with your boyfriend, misogyny, like seeing another girl hanging out with your guy friends and being jealous about it, misogyny, like being mad that another girl is like slightly more successful than you is just misogyny because you know truly that if you are rather than being jealous of that other girl, if you back her up and support her. She'll help you and then you'll be as successful as she is because that's what girls do. Like, that's what good friends do just in general. Like, when you show support and don't show jealousy and don't show these things, like, you will succeed as well. Like, you, their good riches will rub off because they'll remember that that you supported them. But, like, if you're going to allow these things of, like, oh, like, only one woman can succeed, which is internalized misogyny... Like, then you're never going to succeed because you're going to be pissed off because every next level you come to, there's going to be more women at that level and more women more successful than you. And if you can't support them, it's just going to fuck you up. Stop. Stop. I mean, like, you're everything you're saying is true, and that's why it's upsetting. <laughs> like you said, like, there's so many women who just, like, have misogyny and, like, don't accept it or realize it or whatever it's like that's what i'm saying is like knowing what we know now having done so much work to get to this point we can never unsee it yeah and that's gonna make everything a whole lot <laughs> i mean it's like the negative the pessimistic side of it is be like that will make our whole our whole lives a whole lot harder because we constantly see it all the time um mm-hmm. and it's upsetting to like constantly have to recognize that but the other half of it is I don't know, hopefully building a better, healthier life for yourself with people who, like, appreciate you. I, but, like, after yeah. your monologue, I just, like, <laughs> I just, like, I, I'm, like, I just want to run away with, like, us and, like, our little community of people who just want to, like, learn and, like, appreciate each other and respect each other and, like, never have to deal with bullshit ever again and, like, live on a commune. <laughs> oh, my God. There's one other, like, there, like, uh, <laughs> just with, with all of this being said, there is something else I do want to quote from this article. So George also writes in this article that, meanwhile, the more masculine a boy is, the more he rep- represses his feelings about women. So the more misogynistic and abusive he is likely to be. This also works in reverse. Hypermasculine men also more likely to be emotionally vulnerable and even helpless. So it's basically just what I was saying before of just like, well, not in this episode, but that I can't remember which episode it was that I was saying this about how like when like men are not allowed to have access to the full range of their emotions. And because of that, they take their anger out on women because they're jealous and angry that we're allowed to have access to our emotions. I'm just going to play this audio really quick because it's like this. Girls who girl. Girl. And the men who men? <laughs> He's shaking his head. <laughs> and then the comments are all the men who men mernt. <laughs> and like the men who men mant, moant. But essentially it's like 
what you're saying of the people who are like thinking about this and like actively trying to combat it and learn about it and change themselves or like doing good things but then it's like even oh, even like even the boys who go to therapy aren't all that great like sometimes they're figuring out shit that has nothing to do with actual toxic masculinity and they're just not doing anything well, also, sometimes the boys who go to therapy, they're misogyny monsters sitting on their shoulder taking notes and being like, how do we use this against them? Honestly, like, it's it's I, so... It's a scary world. It's, it's so, so scary. scary. It's so scary. <laughs> who are you scary. supposed to trust ever? Who are you supposed to trust ever? I don't want to freak people out or whatever, but, like, it, it, it genuinely uh. is a bit freaky and anxiety inducing in a lot of ways of just like knowing that sometimes the misogyny monster wins and it's just it's such a crazy thought to think about things like that because it it feels so ridiculous really in the grand scheme of things how much an idea of misogyny can really fuck things up for everyone But it really does. It really, really does. And I feel like that's probably a lesson we've all been kind of slowly learning from every episode of this podcast. Because like I say every week, Jenna and I are learning just as much as you guys are. But truly, it's just it's so weird that I never really thought in depth of like how much misogyny is the main villain in my story. (laughs) But it really is. But the other half of, like, us saying, like, oh, my God, it's so scary. Like, the world is a scary place. There's so much misogyny. The other half of it is, like, anyone who's trying to learn and be on their journey of learning is learning. Like, it's a process. That's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. And so it's, like, you can't, on the flip side, hope that everyone is going to be 100% perfect. Like, we're not even perfect. We are still learning. And all this stuff is so internalized that everyone's going to fuck up at one time or another. And, like, have even if they don't say anything or do anything, they're going to have a thought. And then then you might have yourself and realize like oh like maybe i shouldn't judge that other woman maybe i shouldn't be jealous of her like even something like that and so it's like it's there's never going to be a perfect version of this and so Mm -hmm. i guess we do have to accept the fact that men and women putting in any kind of work at all is better than them just ignoring the whole situation and not even acknowledging it exists yeah so yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know it's just the different levels of misogyny, like we were saying, of just like the incels and the chads and the therapy bros who are really using therapy as a weapon and all these things. Obviously, there are people who are really trying, but even sometimes people are really trying and they think that they're on the right track and then they're like mansplaining misogyny. I did see this TikTok the other day that was like, how about instead of responding to mansplaining, instead of just either ignoring it or trying to debate them, respond to it as if it's like a child explaining dinosaurs to you, which I realized I kind of have been doing this whole time of being like, wow, that's so great that you know that. But men don't like that. And so I'm like too afraid of being murdered to like do that to real men. (laughs) No, I definitely got to. I mean, it is true. Maybe we should all just do that. And they'll be so confused and upset and bewildered that they'll think twice about their every word as they should. (laughs) 
One more thing, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but one more thing this article did call out is that the LGBTQ movement is having the argument for all of us. In essence, they're fighting the battle for everyone, gnawing away at the edges of these definitions of femininity, masculinity, and we will all be liberated by their success. And so this is the thing we I was kind of saying before about like fashion of like people That's a heavy burden. But they're not they're not <laughs> doing it. They're not doing it for the world. They're doing it for themselves. No, I know, but I just mean like for a doctor of psychology to make a statement like this it sounds like a very heavy burden to be expecting by saying that they'll be liberated that like we all will be liberated by their success i'm just like that's that's a big ball to put in their court when this has nothing to like they don't really have as much to do with but it's true though every minority group who's like literally just fighting to exist and like living their lives is the fire to- Yeah, I know, but it's always just like a heavy burden. But also like there's so much misogyny from gay men that like, again, I'm just like- This is what reminded me of that TikTok that was like the girls who girl girl and the men who men mm, is because like I've seen other videos on TikTok of like people talking about like that white cis gay man, like there's a very specific type of like gay man who's like- not really doing a whole lot for the community and it's not super great for everyone involved but beside that my point with calling out the lgbtq community was just in the fashion aspect it's the same thing if it's like yeah i mean they're have always been pushing the gender norms and pushing what's like normal and acceptable and whatnot and like there's the two sides of it of it being commodified as we talked about with like the nail polish example or them actually helping change the way we think about these things for the next generation you know yeah 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 No, I see where you're coming from that. And I see like what his point is, because when there is like the blurry line of what gender is, it can really like you're saying before, like Gen Z and stuff, it can really change the conversation and idea of all of this, because if at younger ages, they're pushing aside the idea of masculinity, obviously, like there'll be less access to misogyny because of that because then there'll be less of like the differentiation between like brothers and sisters and boys and girls and all that sort of thing because the gender line will be so blurred that maybe misogyny will cease to exist which sounds like a utopia (laughs) i know i just want to know if there's any psychologists who like have the opposite take of this as we were talking about and are like actually it's all men's fault because they aren't close enough with their children and that's what started all like number one i want to know if there's any psychologists who are like more so speaking on that train of thought and then number two i want to know i'm like what this article left me thinking was like so where what do we do like what where do we go from here how do we end the cycle like it didn't provide any insight into that of like yeah how do we end the cycle you know i mean if you want my personal opinion it sounds like motherhood needs to be more of a teamwork situation where like both mother and father act in place of the mother so like they're both nurturing in like a motherly way rather than like the mother and father being like two vastly different jobs for some reason this is just making me think of moody's point in the Amanda show, which like I don't you might have been too young for that, but like on the on Amanda Bynes like comedy show, she had this like spoof 
soap opera that she did and her mom had gone missing in a hot air balloon. So her dad was both her dad and her mom. And he would like sometimes put on lipstick to like play the mom role, like to her to like teach her how to like paint her nails and like do girly stuff. And like, I'm not saying to like do it to that extreme, but I just feel like, especially when a baby's like a baby's a baby and like a toddler or whatever, if you kind of take away gender from like the parental roles and just like love the shit out of that baby, like maybe that might help. I don't know. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I mean, that that would be my like go to also. But again, we are not psychologists or scientists <laughs> or lawmakers. <laughs> we are just two humble <laughs> citizens with a podcast. <laughs> talking bullshit from our brains. But I don't know. This was interesting. I mean, I'm glad we got to talk about it because, I mean, we've been talking a lot about we've been talking a lot about misogyny on our podcast about misogyny. But if you know what I mean, like we've been we've been talking, we've been doing a lot of digging on this Oedipus complex stuff. Yeah. Um, So I feel like this was a good side quest. Yeah. No, I think this definitely was a good side quest and like an interesting like thing to dig into because I feel like for a podcast that talks so much about misogyny, the fact that like we didn't realize how many people who study this stuff are like tying it back to the Oedipus complex of all things is such a wild ride to go on. <laughs> like, of like, what do you, why does it all come back to like wanting to fuck your mom? Like why? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's traumatizing. It's truly traumatizing. Hey y'all. It's Sarah from the future again. Just wanted to chime in and say, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you go and read the article. It's really interesting. Obviously really fucked up Jenna and myself. Yeah, so come back in two weeks for your regularly scheduled programming. And if you want to chat about this episode, you know where to find us on social media. We are at Name Three Songs on all platforms. Or if you want to talk to Jenna or myself personally, I'm at Sarah underscore Fagan and Jenna is at Jenna underscore Million. For all links to anything we talked about today in this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com for those. And we will be back in your feed in two weeks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.